Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me, your host, Angelica. Welcome to a little bit of finance with me, a segment where we talk about the best strategies for your money and the most recent news in finance to help you get ahead in the market. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. Today, I have Boss Mom Finance, Miss Nadia. She's here today on the show, and we've got so much to talk about. I know everyone's been loving all her episodes and seeing the support that she's getting. Uh, She is like, I'm so grateful and so happy to have you on the show. And today, we're going to be talking about tips for Valentine's Day and RSP deadlines. Welcome, Nadia, again to the show. How are you doing today? I am doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me on the show again. This is awesome. Well, it's a pleasure and an honor, and I cannot wait to hear about RSP deadlines and tips for Valentine's Day. Right. So we're just in February right now, and most people are um, starting to organize their their finances for their RSP contribution in March. And a lot of people don't even know what an RSP is and and how to contribute to it and uh, where should I be saving my money and, and what happens with taxes and stuff like that. So I figured we'd just take some time to kind of go through that. And then uh, maybe towards the end of our conversation, we'll talk about savings and tips for Valentine's Day, because of course, being in February, that's maybe about two weeks away, right? So mm-hmm. um, a lot of people don't even know what a registered retirement savings plan means, okay? Like they hear the word registered and they have no clue what it is. So registered means that your account is registered with CRA. So in Canada over here, we have the Canada Revenue Agency. So it means all contributions that you make towards this specific account will be registered with the Canada Revenue Agency. And what RSPs do is they allow you to save money on a tax deferred basis. So it doesn't mean that it's completely tax free and ha ha ha, I scammed the government, right? It it does not mean that at all. It just means that the tax that you will be paying is going to be deferred. So you can avoid it for a little bit of time, right? Eventually you will get taxed on it. Um, So when, of course, you retire and the average retirement age is 65 years old, that's when you're going to be taxed. That's in fact when you're going to have to go to your accountant and you're going to have to deal with um, your RSP uh, withdrawal, right? And that's exactly when you're going to be taxed at that income tax bracket. And that's something that you're going to have to talk to an accountant at the time for. Um, So contributions in an RSP, uh, they're actually tax deductible. So a lot of people don't even know that. So when that's why most people contribute before the March deadline. So then they can include it in their taxes for the previous year. So for example, right now we are in 2020. So the taxes that will be occurring when you, when you do all your taxes, it will in fact be for 2019. So the previous year that we're filing for. So to contribute now in February, it will actually lower your income tax bracket if you're contributing towards that RSP. And when you do your taxes, most people will even get uh, like a check, a reimbursement from the government of Ontario from CRA. um, And that's the tax deductible component. So 
a lot of people do RSPs to reduce uh, their taxable income so they're not paying as much on taxes. Uh, and normally uh, people say, well, what are the cutoff line? How should I know whether I should invest in an RSP or if I should put my money into a tax-free savings account? So I normally use the thirty dollars to $40,000 mark. I mean, I'm not an accountant. Um, so that's somebody that you would have to speak to an accountant for. But when I do talk to my clients, I'm, I'm generalizing around that mark. So if your income is at about thirty dollars to $40,000 a year and under, you should really not be investing in an RSP because you're put into a different tax bracket right um and and you're actually paying more in the long run so if you're if you're making over forty thousand dollars a year then rsps are amazing because you'll you're you're right at the cusp of getting um getting an amount back with your taxes so i generally use uh that mark and uh yeah so just invest in tax-free savings accounts if you're um, if you're under the $40,000 mark. So um, what, uh, what do you need to open an RRSP? Uh, well, it first starts with your social insurance number. So you do have to be uh, a Canadian resident. You have to have a Canadian social insurance number in order to do that. You would have had to have filed your income tax return for the previous year and declared, uh, declared income on that. And you have to have allowable... Uh, allowable contribution room so unused contribution room to your RSPs and of course you need to be a Canadian resident so the next question I'm sure everybody's thinking is well how do I know my unused contribution room uh, so every time you do your taxes you'll get a notice of assessment here in, in Canada and what you can do is you can actually look down on the first page of your notice of assessment and it will actually show you your RSP contribution room. So you can maximize that and, uh, and you don't have to worry uh, and, and you can use that towards um, your income tax return for the following year. Um, so our deadline here in, uh, in Canada, it's March 2nd, 2020 at 11.59 p.m. So if you do have RSPs that you do need to contribute to, you need to make sure that it's done before that time in order for it to uh, take effect for the 2019 year. Anything after that time period will go towards your 2020 um, notice of assessment and taxes. Uh, and uh, a lot of people have also been asking me, a lot of my clients have been saying, well, what happens if you go over your contribution room? Like, let's say your contribution room is $50,000 uh, and you're at $51,000. What happens? Like, what does the government of Ontario do? Um, so if you're over $500 to $1,000, um, they really don't do too much. They just say, well, you need to take it out before the end of the year, stuff like that. Or they'll give you, uh, they'll give you uh, an acceptance, right? Uh, but if you're over $2,000 over your contribution limit, they'll actually penalize you 1% per month. So I don't know about you, but I don't like losing money. Uh, so just really make sure you know your contribution limits so then you're not being penalized at 1% per month for the contribution. Because the idea of this is to be able to save money, not spend more money. So um, really be conscious when you're contributing towards your RSPs and your contribution room is accumulated. So let's say you've never contributed to RSPs before, period. It, it, they've been accumulating since pretty much like you, you started working since you were able to get your social insurance number. So um, the amount, I mean, it could be 
be 50,000. It could be 100, 200,000, depending on your income. Um, so, and it carries forward indefinitely for subsequent years. So you want to be checking your contribution room every single year. So then you're maximizing on that, right? Um, so now let's talk about a little bit about ages. What's the maximum and the minimum age? So the maximum age that you can actually contribute to an RSP is 71 years old. Okay. And the minimum age, it's as soon as you get your social insurance number, you can pretty much open an RSP, right? So at 71 years old, what's going to happen is your RSP turns into a RIF. It's called an RRIF, Registered Retirement Income Fund. And that needs to be switched over by December 31st of your 71st birthday. So let's say you turn 71 years old in August. You need to make sure that the, uh, the RSP is transferred to a RIF by December 31st of that year. And that's when you're going to, you have the ability to start cleaning it as income. And that's when you're going to get taxed on it and whatnot. Um, so that's generally how RSPs work. So uh, if you do have an RSP, you want to make sure that once again, it's done before uh, the March 2nd deadline. If you have employers that are contributing towards your pension plans, your RSPs, that's great. Make sure that when you look at your contribution room, you're taking into account what your employers contributed for you on your behalf during that year as well, because there's the possibility to, that if you're maximizing your RRSPs through your employer, and then you go and open up an individual plan, like your own personal plan for an RSP, you may be contributing into this plan and going over your contribution limits, and there's a possibility that you could get penalized on it, right? So it's just being aware of your numbers. But normally when you go to your financial advisor, uh, you can show them your, your notice of assessments and they'll, and as well as your employer contributions, and they'll be able to determine what your contribution limit is. Uh, you can also go to your accountant, right? And they'll be able to help you determine what that contribution limit is. So then you can make sure that you're not, uh, you're not being penalized for anything. Does that make sense? I know it's like, sometimes it's, um, it's, finance jargon, you know, and a lot of people don't understand the way RSPs work, but did you have any questions, Angelica? Um, as of now, I don't because there's a lot to take in, yeah. um, but anybody out there who does have a question, all her information is going to be in the show notes for you and just get a hold yeah. of Nadia. Of course. Yeah. So, um, so now let's kind of like, switch gears a little bit because uh, RSPs can be overwhelming, but I gave pretty much the gist of it and how it works um, with your contribution limits and the age group and, and what happens afterwards. So we're going to talk a little bit now about um, fun stuff, right? So how about saving money for Valentine's Day, right? So mm -hmm. um, a lot of fun tips and, and I was doing a lot of research, uh, research about this because I always like thinking about new trends and, and different things to do with, let's say my boyfriend or even my kids, you know, because I take them out on their own Valentine's day just to make them feel special. Right. So I was actually jotting a few of these ideas down and, uh, I mean, some of them, like they were pretty cute when I was thinking about them and they're very cost effective as well. So the first one that I was researching into, um, was, uh, going to the museum, 
right? So we have the ROM here in Ontario. Um, there are other museums like the Art Gallery of Ontario. You could do stuff like that and just pay the, the, I mean, they have specials for Valentine's Day, so you could always check on that. But all you're doing really is uh, paying the admission, right? And then you can go in and have a good time. And it's always interesting once you're, when you're learning about different things, right? Um, another one is taking a dance class. A lot of, um, a lot of course instructors, uh, they'll allow you uh, to have like brand new student specials, right? Like first time students. And uh, sometimes they'll even do Valentine's special because they know it's, it's, you're doing it normally with you and the boyfriend or you and a husband and you want to do something different. And they do fun stuff like hip hop class and uh, salsa classes or like you can do a whole bunch of stuff in between and that's very cost effective too. Um, an escape room. My kids love that kind of stuff, right? Uh, we do it a lot for birthday parties as well. Um, and it's more for the kind of couple that loves to do puzzles like Sudoku and Scrabble and all that stuff. And you like just figuring th things out. So escape rooms are pretty cool too. Um, I thought this one was, was really neat. Scavenger hunts, but not like your you're paying to um, to enter into a room and do a little like they're they're figuring out all the clues and you need to figure it out right so um, scavenger hunt being you are the person making the clues you are the person that does it for your significant other um, envelopes with little hints in it and you can do stuff like special moments that you guys had together and and put them maybe in like little restaurants or different areas areas and that'll lead to another place right and then you open up the next envelope and then that'll need, lead to another place so it's just different it's it's having um just a night of fun and you can uh do it at a restaurant you can do it like a picnic feel and and it'll make your significant other feel over the moon just because you you recognized all those famous those favorite moments that you guys had together and you're recalling them right so i mean valentine's day they, they seem to make it more of a Hallmark holiday, right? And um, for me, I mean, I, I celebrate Valentine's Day, but I don't go all out because I think that Valentine's Day should be every day, not just specifically on February 14th, right? So even though Valentine's Day is coming up, it doesn't need to necessarily be that you're doing these things on specifically Valentine's Day. Uh, you can do it February, March, April, it doesn't matter. It's just the thought that you're putting in um, when you're spending time with your significant other, like bowling. Bowling is so much fun. We always have a great time with bowling and it's inexpensive too. They have deals sometimes that you can go on a Tuesday. So instead of going on Valentine's Day where it may be packed, maybe go on the Tuesday, right? And you'll get a little bit of a better deal. Uh, movie marathon, that's more of like the Netflix and chill, right? So Go grab a box of sushi and get a bottle of wine and just chill and watch Netflix all night and uh, bag popcorn. That's really all that you need to be able to spend. It's, it's the quality time that you're spending with your significant other. It's not necessarily um, the quantity of time, right? So when you get home from work, you may be exhausted. And this is why I said you don't necessarily need to focus on the specific Valentine's Day. It could be any day of the week. When you're at home with your significant other, sometimes when you get home from work, it could be seven o'clock, six o'clock, you get dinner ready, get the kids in bed. You're very limited with your time, right? So it's the quality of time that you spend with that person. So Netflix and chill is always, uh, is always the go-to easiest thing to do 
um, I mean, over here in, in Canada, it's wintertime, right? So ice skating is another cool thing to do. You can go to any pretty much park and, and they have um, the laneways frozen over they have the frozen ponds that you can go on uh, and it, you don't have to spend a dollar and then after that you can just go to maybe like a Starbucks or a McDonald's or Tim Hortons and get a hot chocolate and that could be your Valentine's date like it's something so simple like that and you would have spent maybe what ten ten dollars just for the hot chocolates right mm -hmm. um, another idea cool this, this one's cool I like this one yoga so partnership yoga. So you can go to a yoga studio and do partnership yoga where you can go with you and your significant other and uh, you can go to the hot yoga classes. I love hot yoga. And, uh, and just spend the evening doing hot yoga together and, and you get a different experience. You're able to learn things about your significant other and movements and their body and their flow and where their tension points are. And you're able to help them even take those knots out. You know, but let's say you don't have the money to go do hot yoga, right? Which is inexpensive in itself. Do it at home. Go to the dollar store. Grab a yoga mat, right? There may be $2 at, at the Dollarama. Grab a yoga mat. Um, YouTube yoga on, on your TV. You could do it on, on stuff like that. And do yoga together right in your living room, you know? And then you can have your sushi and wine right afterwards. And, and it can be very intimate, um, laser tag. That's a fun one. I like doing that with my kids. Um, how about even just cooking dinner for your significant spouse, right? Or your significant other where you tell them, you know what, you just chill on the couch. Okay. You put your feet up. Here's a glass of wine, right? Chill. I'm going to do the dinner thing tonight. I'm going to make sure that you put your feet up. I got this babe. Right. And you take care of the uh, the dinner so you can make an easy pasta you can go to your grocery store and get just a simple pasta you can buy the sauce so it's not even like you need to sit there for hours slaving over the stove like we're italian so for us everything you're slaving over the stove and pasta sauce doesn't take 15 minutes it's like a whole day event that you start in the morning <laughs> just to cook the the perfect sauce right um there's a lot of i know angelica you're laughing <laughs> So, so um, how about hiking? I mean, it's beautiful. The scenery is beautiful outside. You can go snowshoeing. There's a lot of parks and recreation areas that you can go snowshoeing outside. Like there's so many creative, creating things that you can do, indoor picnics. Uh, you can go to just a dessert store and just get a, a cappuccino and your favorite dessert. Or here's another thing. Why not bake together? A lot of people don't do that. So what if you can go to the grocery store, buy your favorite cake mix or muffin mix and start baking together, right? So it's a different experience and you don't need to spend a lot of money for baking. All you really need is the box of, um, the box of cake mix or muffin mix and icing and maybe some eggs and milk, <laughs> right? Depending on, on what you decide to make. So that in itself might cost 20 bucks, 25 bucks. Um, you can do spa nights with your significant other where you can go and buy facial masks and maybe um, uh, uh, like pedicures and stuff like that. And you can soak your feet together in your bath bathrobes with face masks and you can just chill and add in the Netflix, right? Right. Um, you can go to different arcades. Um, you can do a game night. So you can just, once again, I like sushi, right? So that's why I'm always saying sushi or Chinese food, right? 
ordering Chinese food, right? That might be 30 bucks, 40 bucks and pull out the Scrabble, pull out. I remember game of life or monopoly. That is like my favorite game. I could go all night long playing monopoly or poker, right? And if you're playing poker, you can get it. You can even get intimate with poker, right? And so you can have fun with, with that as, as well. So just make it a game night. Um, maybe just going outside and be a kid again, play in the snow, build snowmen, wrap yourself up in, in that big scarf and parka jackets and have a snowball fight and just throw some stuff outside, uh, throw some snow, sorry, outside. How about even painting? So there's a lot of, uh, I see a lot of my friends even doing this now, paint studios. They'll do group paint studios where you go in and they have the easel ready for you. They have the paints all ready for you. My favorite. And then, yeah, they make it almost like a wine and cheese, right? Where mm -hmm. you can go and you can, you can even do this with groups of friends. So mm -hmm. you can get a group discount. So yes, you're going for Valentine's Day. But I mean, you can do this with a bunch of people. Everybody with their spouses or significant others gets together. And, and they have an evening of paint and wine and cheese. That's like perfect. <laughs> mm -hmm. whenever, whenever wine is thrown into my mixture, it, like it makes for a great night, right? <laughs> so <laughs> how about um, looking at the stars? I mean, I know it's cold outside, but imagine the experience if you go on your patio, wrapped up in your blankets, snuggling together, and just stare at the stars right? Talk about your goals and dreams and how your day was like and what the week was like and what you want 2020 to look like. You can get super intimate with stuff like that. And you could do that with your bottle of wine, right? Once again, writing wine into the mixture. And so you'll stay warm, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, Valentine's Day does not need to be expensive. And a lot of people have that imagery that Valentine's Day, oh my goodness, I, I need to spend X amount of dollars and I need to buy the jewelry piece and I need to, like, there's a, a level of expectation. But um, I don't know how it is for men. I mean, I can't, I can't relate to that because I'm obviously I'm not a man. But as a woman, okay, I, I don't have that expectation. For me, it's just, listen, quality time. Just, like, come over let, like you don't, we don't need to spend a lot of money. It's just, let's spend time together. That's more important than to me, right? Same thing with my kids. They know we don't need to spend a lot of money to have fun. I do the skating thing. I go sometimes on a Tuesday night, I grab my kids and I'm like, let's go, you know, let's just have fun. Um, and nobody's ever on the ice rink during the week because everybody has to go to work the next day or school the next day. But we go ahead and do that because we, we value that kind of quality time, right? Um, so it's not necessarily the amount, the dollar amount that you're spending on each other. It's what you're doing that's most important. Uh, and everybody, do me a favor. Don't forget Valentine's Day because then that's when you're going to get yourself into trouble. So it does, once again, the money, it doesn't matter about that. It's just put effort into it. Show your significant other that you care, not by the dollar, but by the thought that you've put into it. So all of these things, like it's thought that you have to put into it. Like if you're going skating, you need to pick the location. You need to make sure that you have skates sharpened in advance. If you're going to do the scavenger hunt, I think that's an awesome idea because 
you have to put thought into every single envelope that goes out. And yeah, you might have to think about this stuff in advance. So it may take time to do that. Um, but your significant other will value and appreciate that so much more than going out and, and spending two, $300 on the dinner date and then going home and, and then it's a wrap, right? It's the memories that you want to create with that person, um, not necessarily the dollar amount. So, I mean, I'm going to post all of these, uh, these topics as well on my social media page. So you can always refer back to them. I'm on, on all social media platforms. So uh, that would be uh, Boss Mom Finance on Twitter, on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. So I'm on a whole bunch of so social media platforms. So feel free to check it out because I will be posting all this stuff. So if you need refreshers, just go back to those ideas and think, okay, well, how can I fit this into my lifestyle, right? How can I, how can I make this creative enough that I can do this for my significant other and make them feel special? Well, thank you so much, Nadia, for all those tips. And I, honestly, guys, I cannot thank Nadia enough with her amazing, um, honestly, you give such great advice. I was blown away. And there's so much to do with Valentine's Day. Seriously, I know it seems like it's a it's society now that we're we have to spend the money we have to spend the huge dollars but really we don't because it really comes down how creative you can become and exactly. i'm i remember doing like a not a scrapbook but i remember i did like i grabbed something from michaels it was one of those frames mm -hmm. um that you can put a thick sheet of paper and then i kind of did a collage of the years that we've been together because it's been long a long nine years and that is so cute yeah and you buy the little stuff you get creative and i know he likes things like that creativity i've done even uh chocolate bouquets i would pick his favorite chocolate right. and kind of make a chocolate bouquet so um it's a lot of work because you're gluing these wrappers onto these sticks and stuff <laughs> but you know what it was worth it really he really loved it i've done other stuff that i didn't have to spend so much yeah but, like it doesn't even need to necessarily be valentine's day like for my boyfriend what i did and it, this was during the summertime um people love receiving unexpected gifts you know mm -hmm. so um I went, I went to the dollar store and I got a card and the card said, thinking of you. And I wrote a little blurb in it saying, I just wanted to let you know that I'm thinking of you right now while you're away. And he was away for work. So then, and I put it in the mail. So then when he came back from his, uh, um, his workation, I'm going to call it right. <laughs> he was away for work. So when he came back, he checked his mailbox and guess what? He found that, he found that card in there and he's like, Oh my goodness, that was so sweet. I didn't expect that. And what did I spend? A dollar, a dollar 10 with taxes, <laughs> you know, maybe the stamp, right? So uh, you don't have to spend a lot of money to make somebody feel special. And it doesn't necessarily be need to be on Valentine's day. Mm -hmm. It's all year round. And that's true. It doesn't have to be on Valentine's day. It's just society makes it feel like we have to do it on, on Valentine's Day. It should be every day. It's just like Mother's Day and Father's Day. It shouldn't be just that one day. It should be once a month, twice a month, whatever it is to show appreciation to your yeah, parents. So and your yeah, you know what? Another thing that I want to mention before we even end uh, end this call. So a lot, what helped me understand even my significant other is I read the book 
called the five love languages. Okay. And you learn what people, what makes people feel loved. So then you can continue doing those things and that person will feel loved and appreciated because a lot of times in relationships, they break up because why? They don't feel loved. So if you learn that person's love language, now you're able to give them what they want and make them feel happy. And my love language may be different than my spouse's. So for example, uh, mine could be uh, receiving gifts, but it doesn't necessarily need to be monetary gifts. It could be, babe, I'm going to pick up the vacuum cleaner and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vacuum for you. And I would sit there and I would be, oh my goodness, there's one less thing for me to do around the house, <laughs> right? right? So that's something that would make me happy. Um, or it could be uh, physical touch. So some people just love to be touched. So you could, you could just walk by them and maybe put your hand on their shoulder or slip in a kiss somewhere, right? And that, make, that makes your significant other feel loved and valued just because you did that little thing. So it's understanding how they want to feel loved and contribute every single day. You're exactly right. Exactly. You can definitely find all her information in the show notes. I know. I love, I love Thank talking, you right? so much. And of course, Nadia is going to be back next month with another topic. So don't forget to rate and subscribe and uh, go ahead and go over to Nadia's social media and give her that follow. Thank you to all the listeners once again for tuning in on another episode. And thank you to Boss Mom Finance. And that's all we have for now. Hi, my name is Casey Gonzalez. I'm with Chef Salty Pork. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pin from the CQP Moments Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Mark the Shark from the Mark the Shark MMA Show. And, and you're, you're listening to, to a little, little bit of everything, everything with, with Angelica. Angelica. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on the podcast platform that you're listening to. That's it for now. And thanks for listening on a little bit of everything with me.